Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, Lord, that you are the cornerstone, that your death, your life, death, resurrection, ascension, and your coming one day, that's the cornerstone of our faith. And we thank you for the truth and the surety of that. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to take a seat. We're going to come into our time of corporate prayer now, and I'm aware that it's been a national holiday recently. There's a lot of controversy. There's a lot of division. Uh, but we know that God loves Australia, and he's called us to pray for our nation and for our leaders. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. I've just got to read from First Timothy Chapter 2, in Paul's letter to Timothy, he urges him that all supplications, prayers, intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good. And it's pleasing in the sight of God our Saviour who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and people, the man Jesus Christ who gave himself as a ransom for all, just as we sang, which is the testimony given at the proper time. So we're going to pray for our nation and for people who are in high positions, just as we're told to, uh, so that we as the body of Christ can live godly lives so when people see us, they will give glory to God and come to know the truth. So let's pray. Father, we come before you knowing that you have sent your son in an act of love for every person who lives in this country and who has lived in this country and who will live in this country. And so we bring all of those people that you love, that you have sent the sacrifice once and for all for every person. We just acknowledge again your outrageous love for this nation. Lord, we pray knowing that there are so many different people with different backgrounds and different ideologies and different religions We know that in the end, your desire is for every tribe, every nation, every tongue to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that's what you will do. That's what we long for, and we pray that we would see that, taste of that in this nation, that we would see every tongue, every tribe, every nation bow the knee to Jesus and find unity in you. Lord, we pray for those who are in high positions. We pray for the federal government. We particularly pray for Anthony Albanese and his uh, caucus, his parliament and his uh, advisors, that there would be wisdom and that you would be guiding the affairs of what they decide. Lord, we pray for the opposition leader and his party, and those who represent every electorate in the federal parliament, that they would be 
good servants to those who have elected them and that they would conduct themselves in integrity in everything they do. We pray your blessing on them, their households, and their, their work as they work to serve the community. Lord, we pray for our state of South Australia. We pray for our Premier, Peter Malinouskis, and the way uh, we pray that you would guide the way for him, that you would give him wisdom and he, he would seek the advice of wise and wise people who have integrity and make decisions for the benefit of all South Australians. We pray for the opposition leader, David Spears, and his the people around him as they uh, also seek the best for this community. We pray that the whole parliament would work in a way that, uh, that we would see your ways come to pass in this place. We pray for all of those who are representing us in South Australia. We particularly pray for our local members, for the mem- member for Boothby, Louise Miller-Frost. We pray a blessing over her family and everything that she does, that you would uphold her and guide her and that she would make decisions that would allow us to live quiet and godly lives that uh, are, are a beacon of light. We pray for Catherine Hutchison, who represents this place in the seat of weight in the state parliament, and we pray for her, and we equally pray for her family and everything she does. You would be guiding her and intervening in her life so that she can lead and govern with integrity and wisdom. And we pray for us as citizens of South Australia that we would live in a a way that honours you and honours those in power so that people can look at us and give glory to Jesus. We pray too for David as he comes to speak next that we would have hearts that are open to hear what you've got to say and hearts to receive your love and I pray that your spirit would embolden him to preach the word that you've given him this morning. We bring all this before you in Jesus' name. Amen. So pleased to uh, be sharing God's word with you today. My introduction, it's still January, the start month of 2024. And so I believe it's still the right time to think about what foundation to build our lives on for the year ahead and beyond. Now you may hear nothing new, in fact, some of the bits and pieces have been shared by Mike, uh, Andrew and Sam in their January words and some of them in the songs that we sang this morning, but I believe they're worth another look at and listen to. So the foundation stones, the building blocks to look at today, faith, hope and love. Not rock and roll, but rocks that make us whole. Our scripture reference come to 1 Corinthians 13, 13. You'll all know this scripture. And now these three remain, faith, hope and love. But the greatest of these is love. I want to quote Gordon Free, Gordon Fee uh, in his commentary of 1 Corinthians. He says, 
Together, these words embrace the whole Christian existence as believers live out the life of the Spirit in the present age awaiting the consummation. What's a consummation? We'll unfold that shortly. Now, the context of this verse, these words, Paul wrote these words to the Corinthian church, a chief city in Greece. The Corinthians had been converted from pagan worship of false gods and idols. They needed instruction on how to behave and live as Christians and how to conduct their church services. Their pagan nonsense and personal pride had then led them astray and still lingered in their belief and behaviour. Their lives were filled with jealousy, competition, quarrelling. They individually wanted to be the best and most important, so they were pride-filled. Their church services were not God-honouring and needed order and intelligibility. Now, the immediate context of these chapters, 12, 13, 14 of Corinthians 1, the immediate context being addressed was their misuse and misunderstanding of the spiritual gifts. They desired the gifts for self-aggrandizement. They were more concerned about the gifts than God. Paul says, as recorded in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, but eagerly desire the greater gifts, and now I will show you the most excellent way. Now, I just want to refer to the NIV Bible text note at the beginning of Corinthians. Listen to these words. The letter revolves around the theme of problems in Christian conduct in the church. Paul was personally concerned with the Corinthian problems. But, listen to this but, this letter is timely for the church today, both to instruct and inspire. Most of the questions and problems that confronted the church at Corinth are still very much with us today. Take a breath. Yet, in spite of this concentration of problems, the book contains some of the most familiar and beloved chapters in the entire Bible. So today we're going to look at not miracles, gifts, power and performance, but faith, hope and love. Come to 1 John 4.16. I want to start by bouncing off this scripture. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. Listen to these next three words. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. God is love. Love is the character quality of God. So maybe our text scripture could read today, faith, hope and God. But the greatest of these is God. So true. God is the foundation. God is the foundation on which to build our lives upon. Psalm 1831 says, Who is the rock except our God? Just a word of clarity and caution. We need to know and believe in the true God, the God revealed in the Bible, the Trinitarian God, God the Father, God's Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Father 
Yahweh, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Here's the wonderful truth shared in Jeremiah 29.13. You will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Right, back to our topic, faith, hope, and love. Firstly, faith. Not just faith, but faith in God. It's not, if it's not in God, our faith is not much good. What is faith? It's belief, it's trust, it's commitment, it's loyalty to God in our living, in our lifestyle. Faith connects us with God. Like a kite string connects the kite with the person, like a fishing line connects the fisherman with the fish, like a power line connects the power plant and the light globe, faith connects us up with God. Faith engages the virtues of divine hope and love. Now here's my discernment and understanding. It's not faith that saves us, heals us, or empowers us. It's God. If there is no God, our faith will not help. It's the love of power, the love of the power of God that flows through our faith to us. Yes, faith plays a very important part, but it's the love and power of God that does the saving, healing and helping. The Bible story we all know, Mark 5, Jesus surrounded by a large, large crowd of people, possibly in his hometown of Capernaum. A woman who'd had a beating condition and suffered with it for 12 years was in the crowd. She thought to herself, if she pushed through the crowd and touched Jesus' cloak, she'd be healed. So she did just that. The bleeding stopped. She was healed. This is amazing. Jesus realised that the power had gone out of him. He turned around and asked, who touched me? The woman came and fell at his feet. She was trembling with fear. Now Jesus said, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Now many have understood this to mean that it was her faith that healed her. It's not my understanding. It was Jesus' power that healed her. Her faith in believing and pushing through the crowd to touch his garment was a conduit that connected her with the healing power of God. Yes, her faith was to be commended, but if Jesus wasn't there, the healing wouldn't have happened. So faith connects us up with God, the all-loving, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-wise God. What a great connection to have as we journey down the pathway of life. 1 Peter 1.5, through faith we are shielded by God's power. Romans 1.17, the righteous live by faith, which means life connected to God. Come to Romans 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Faith is the conduit that connects us with the love and the power, the goodness of God. We now stand in this love 
and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So that leads us on to the next one, hope. Hope is a very encouraging and wonderful thing. Hope is looking forward to something good. Hope can encourage and empower us. In fact, hope and perseverance go together. No hope discourages and defeats. No hope? No. Just slippery slope. All dressed up. No place to go. We're going to talk about our hope in God, but even small hopes can encourage us. I don't know about you, but when we have things to look forward to, we can be encouraged to persist. Going out to lunch with friends. Good. The footy's on TV Friday night. Oh, I think I'll make it through the week. A holiday, not far away. Oh, that's so encouraging. Piece of a tea, you little beauty. (laughs) Even these hopes can encourage us to keep going. They can give us purpose. They encourage us to keep climbing. They empower to persist. What is the hope in God that we're looking at today? It is hope in God and his future unfolding plan that he wants us to be a part of. We can have hope so's in our journey of life, but God's hope is far bigger and better than just a hope so. It's a sure and certain hope. Ephesians 2.12 says, without hope, without God. I think we could swing that around and say without God, without hope. But with God, with hope. What is our hope in God? Hope is faith in the future. It's well described in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Thessalonians 4, Revelation 21. I'm just going to unfold it today. I'm going to read it. Jesus has saved believers from sin and gifted us with eternal life. Yes, death is still an enemy, but a defeated enemy. Jesus rose from the dead, the first fruits of resurrected life. At death, a Christian spirit now goes to paradise, a place of comfort and rest. But Jesus is coming back, his second coming. He will bring with him the spirits of Christians resting in paradise. Their bodies will be resurrected from the dust, imperishable, immortal, spiritual, glorious. Christians still alive on earth will be caught up into the sky, their bodies supernaturally transformed into the resurrected bodies. All will meet with Jesus in the clouds of the sky. God will create new heaven and new earth, curse-free. Then God the Father, God the Son and the Holy Spirit will dwell on the new earth with his people, his human family. No more crying, pain or death, everything new. I know, amazing, mind-stretching, yes. But God wants everyone to have this hope. We could actually use the words of hope to mean, hop on, everyone, please. H-O-P-E, got it? (laughs) Now just a little personal digression. It's a bit negative. It's faithless. But to tell you the truth, I have at times wondered about living eternally. Yes, life has been filled with blessing, but also challenge. It can be tiring and filled with responsibilities. 
I have at times thought that I would be happy just to die, thankfully and happy for my life, but living eternally seems and sounds a bit too long and laborious. What has lifted me or helped me wake up to this negativity? My wife, Darina, wanted me to visit Europe with her, her home country of Italy. I felt happy to explore Australia. I didn't need to go to old-fashioned Europe. <laughs> but Narina pushed and eventually won and we went to Europe. Italy, Greece, Spain, France, England, Scotland, Turkey, Switzerland and more. Absolutely amazing. I loved every minute exploring the cities, the lanes, the rivers, the mountains. Trieste, Narina's birthplace, is now emotionally my second home. What a wonderful wake up. What a wonderful world. I'm so glad I got to explore it. Well, I want to say God's plan is going to unfold in more amazing ways. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. It's not going to be sitting on a cloud playing a harp. Scripture tells us, no eye has seen nor ear heard No mind has conceived what God has prepared for those that love him. Now we see only a poor reflection. We see only a shadow. The perfect is coming. There'll be no more curse. Glory will be revealed. Now we're not given the detail, but given enough to get a bit excited about and look forward to. Isaiah 65 verses 17 and 18. Behold, I will create the new heavens and new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. Now, to get to the point of the blessing of having this hope, this great hope can encourage us to persist and hang on, do our best living in the love of God as we journey through life. Scriptures that speak of the blessing and influence of hope. Your endurance inspired by hope. Your unswervingly, live unswervingly in the hope we profess. Rest in the hope of eternal life. Always hope, always persevere. Yes, they go together. We have hope as an anchor to the soul. Be joyful in hope. Stand firm. Let nothing move you because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. What a blessing to have this hope in God as we journey in life. As we face the many challenges that life brings our way, we need this hope. I previously described the word hope as hop on please everyone, but it could also be unfolded as hang on please everyone. Here's a quote. Who can mind? You've heard it before. Who can mind a few bumps in the road if you know the road is leading you home? Hope is the building block that empowers us to persist. Here's another one. Take the P out of hope and replace it with M, and it spells home. Thank you, Father. We're on a road home. Now to the big and the best, love. Back to our scripture. Come back to it. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope and love. But the greatest of these is love. Remember the context of this scripture? 
the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Well, love is something way above and beyond the other gifts mentioned. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, Now I will show you the most excellent way. In 1 Corinthians 14, 1, Follow the way of love. Love is not a spiritual gift, not just a spiritual gift to unwrap, but the way to live our lives. Love is heavyweight. The Greeks describe love in two categories, phileo, which is tender affection and more of a feeling, and agape, God's love, not just thoughts or feelings, but a way to live, the way God wants us to choose to live through his enabling spirit. The love we're looking at today is agape, God's love. Andrew Matthews says in his book, Being Happy, love is not ooey-gooey. Love is strength and commitment. Love is everything. He says, how does one do justice to love in the few paragraphs in a book? Well, I'm going to tell you I feel the same. How does one do justice and share the substance of love in a sermon? Well, I'm going to do my best. Here's a good starting point. Come to Ephesians 3. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. There you are. There's the conduit. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. It's wider, it's longer, it's higher, it's deeper, it surpasses our knowledge. And it fills us with the fullness of God. Now, faith and hope are a one-way street, us to God. But love is a two-way street, God to us and us to God. In fact, love starts with God. We've already noted that God is love. A couple of examples. Jesus said, this is love. Sorry. John said, this is love. Not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice of our sins. Jesus confirmed that love. Jesus said, this time I'm right, greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. He did just this. The time he was heading towards Jerusalem and looked at the city, he expressed God's love for all people. Can you hear the emotion in these words? I always do. He looked at Jerusalem. Jerusalem and said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often I had longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Can you hear God's heart in that? He not only loves Jerusalem, he loves all people. And then, of course, The power of God's love is spoken to us in Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan. The father ran to his repentant son. He hugged him. He kissed him. Put on a party. With emotion he said, my son who was dead 
is alive again. I don't know about you, but that just moves me. And I feel God's love and so glad that that's how God expresses his love to us. He loves us. God loves everyone. Ezekiel 18.32, God gets no joy in the death of anyone. God gets no joy in the death of anyone. 2 Peter 3.9, God is not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Yes, God loves us. He desires that we love him. Jesus was asked, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment? You know what's coming. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. Love God with your whole being, all you've got. It's meant to be two-way. Two magpies come to visit me on my back lawn every week, about three or four times a week. They've been doing it for three or four, five, six months now. I've named them Beaky and Baldy. Why Beaky? Because his top beak is broken off. Why Baldy? Because Baldy has no feathers on the top of its head. Now I feel them, feed them rolled oats. I've done it for these months. They come and carol outside the back window, the back door of the house. And so they see me, I wave to them, say, hi, Beaky, hi, Baldy. I'll get the oats. And I go, come, I shake the packet as I come, slide the door open. Beaky runs for his life to the other side of the lawn. Baldy comes and stands just in front of me and looks at me. So I take the oats out, just spread a suitable number of oats on the grass. Baldy just looks at me and starts to nibble. Beaky's on the distant edge of the lawn, just looking at me. I go inside, shut the door. Beaky comes up and starts eating the oats. Now, it really hurts me. I love Beaky, but Beaky doesn't care a thing about me. Just wants the oats, not me. Loves the oats, but doesn't love me. God wants us to love him, not just be loved by him. How do we love God? This relationship is expressed in 1 Corinthians 13. It always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, rejoices in the truth. 1 Thessalonians tells us that we're to pray without ceasing. Now, I actually believe that us praying to God is an expression of our love for him. Now, it doesn't mean we go around talking out loud all the time without ceasing. See, I believe that prayer is communion with God. It's staying in touch, sharing life with God, walking, talking, looking, listening to and with the God of love. I know, I've told you before, I often go walking up Belair National Park and I walk along and I said, Jesus, I wish you were here. And the answer came, I'm with you. Another time I said, oh, who am I meant to walk with? You, Father, or you, Jesus, or you, Holy Spirit? The answer came, walk with the three of us. I felt so proud walking down this little path with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Other scriptures say love is demonstrated by obedience and service, not out of law but out of love. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. Here's an example. David Watson wrote these words in his book, Fear No Evil. 
you haven't heard of him, he was a great teacher, pastor, evangelist, author. He was suffering with cancer and severe asthma attacks. He said, in my helplessness, I cried out to God to speak to me. I'm not very good at listening to God, but between 1 and 3 a.m., God spoke to me so powerfully and painfully that I've never been so broken before. He showed me that all my preaching, writing and other ministry was absolutely nothing compared to my love relationship with him. Powerful words. In fact, my sheer busyness had squeezed out the close intimacy I'd known with him. So love, prioritising our intimate relationship with God. Here's another but. Love is not just a two-way street. God's love for us and our love for him. It's wider than a street. God wants his love to be expressed everywhere to everyone. That leads on to our love for each other. Jesus said after loving God, he said, love your neighbour as yourself. Jesus confirmed this quality of love many times, saying, love each other. Romans 38, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. I want to take you back to David Watson's book, Fear No Evil, an example of not letting any debt remain outstanding. After those words I just read to you, David went on to say, God also showed me that any love for him meant nothing unless I was truly able to love from my heart my brother or sister in Christ. As the Lord put various names into my mind, I began to write letters to about 12 people asking for forgiveness for hurting them. Fast, fast still being inwardly angry against them or whatever. Not far, for, for still being inwardly angry against them or whatever. It was the most painful and pruning and purging I can remember in my entire Christian life, but fruitful. Already some replies to my letters have reduced me to tears. What a great example of love. Very sadly, David Watson died about one month later at the age of 51. Just a bit more on how do we express this love to our neighbour, other people, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Paul's description of the qualities of agape love speak of how to express love. Love is patient, kind, doesn't envy, doesn't boast, is not proud, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not easily managed, keeps no record of wrongs. Other scriptures tell us, bear with the feelings of the weak. Love doesn't harm its neighbour. Encourage the timid, be patient with everyone. Lay down our lives for our friends. Do good to those that hurt you. Pray for those that mistreat you. Bear with each other. Forgive grievances. So giving, so sacrificial. But does it mean love does not address negatives and issues in life? Proverbs 27.6, words from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. In other words, speak the truth. Put another way, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's words, he was a famous German Christian minister, nothing can be more cruel than tenderness that consigns another to his sins. 
Nothing can be more compassionate than an honest word of rebuke that calls a brother back from the path of sin. So speak the truth in love. If a brother sins against you, talk with him. Restore someone caught in sin gently. There are so many other scriptures. In my preparing for this sermon, uh, it was about four o'clock one morning, and I said, God, would you just give me the, the words that express love? And he said, I'll give them to you, but under one condition. I said, what's that? He said, you get out of bed and write them down because otherwise you'll forget them. <laughs> so I said, okay. So I got up. These are the words that came to me at four in the morning. The first one, value. Value people because they're valuable. Respect, commitment, care, kindness, encouragement, generosity, support, service and sacrifice. So let's love each other and everyone that comes our way. Just a challenge that often comes my way. Do we really care for each other? I don't know about you, but so often when I attend a funeral of a friend, I hear so many things that I didn't know about. I realised that I hadn't put enough effort into getting to know that person and valuing them. So it's not just a friendly hello and goodbye, but time between the hello and the goodbye that demonstrates love. So, the conclusion. Being filled with agape love is the most wonderful, important and meaningful way to live. Paul says, without love, we're just a gong, a tinkling symbol, a nothing. Life should not focus on the love of power, but the power of love. And I say that again. It's not the love of power, but the power of love. What a challenge. Where do we get this love from? It comes from God, who is love. Come to Romans 5.5. 5. Hope does not disappoint us because God has poured his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. That's where it comes from. We need to be filled with his love. So let's be filled with the Holy Spirit of God, be filled with the love of God. So the three important godly character qualities, building blocks that make us whole, that are the most important to our Christian lives, faith, hope and love. May faith, hope and love fill our lives this year and beyond. But finally, I want to say, it's not just about our lives being filled with faith, hope and love. We have a responsibility to share with others that there is a God who loves them and wants to fill their lives with faith, hope and love. How? Faith comes by hearing the word of God, we're told. So we share the words of God. The motivation? Love. The agape love of God. I don't know if you remember or have ever sung little, this little chorus. Love is flowing like a river, flowing out to you and me, flowing out into the desert, setting all the captives free. And then we sing, let it flow through me, let it flow through me, 
Let the mighty love of God flow out through me. So let's just not sing it. Let's let it flow. Thank you, music team. Come and lead us. If we could stand and we're going to end with a song, God is for us. brings us to the close of our service. Thank you, David, for reminding us. And may everyone just be filled with faith, hope, and love as we go into this new year. And uh, David, we're going to be praying for your relationship with Beaky. That, you know, there's a closer bond there in 2024. Um, but yeah, have a great day. And if anyone would like prayer for anything, please uh, join us in the prayer room afterwards. There'll be someone there who can talk and, and pray with you. So God bless, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you.